Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets. You can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're speaking with Henry Kaminsky. Henry is a genius designer and founder of Unique Designs, a branding agency that helps people to build profitable and reputable brands. He has worked with celebrities like John Bon Jovi, Fabio Viviani, and also with the internet marketing expert, Russell Brunson, the founder of ClickFunnels. Welcome to the show, Henry. James, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. No worries. I'm really looking forward to, to talking with you. I think there's a lot of value that we can add and we can talk all day about it. But today, I kind of really want to focus on personal branding, social media influence, those sorts of things in a healthcare setting. I think that a lot of health professionals don't really understand the value of personal brand and they focus on, I'm a chiropractor, I'm a nutritionist, and then they're trying to niche down to be different. And I'm of the opinion, and I feel like you'll agree, but I'm of the opinion that what makes us unique is who we are and our personality and our take on things, not necessarily the specificity of our niche and our fancy technique. Because at the end of the day, as a chiropractor, I might do some fancy adjustments. No one cares. They just care about getting the outcome and they connect with me, the person. So talk us through a bit about what got you into, into the space that you're working on right now. And then we'll kind of jump into how health professionals can leverage personal brand a bit. Sure. Well, I'll give you a quick backstory of my philosophy and how I've gotten to where I'm at today with a multi seven figure branding agency. So it, it actually all started back with a story that my mom used to tell me, God rest her soul, about how I used to be her miracle baby and how I was her miracle baby. And I never understood what that meant. I would always hear her tell this story about, it took me 16 years to have him and he's a miracle baby. And I literally thought women were pregnant for 16 years. <laughs> I didn't know what any of that meant. And so what I realized was when my parents got married, they wanted to start a family right away. Unfortunately, they couldn't. My father had issues. My mother had issues. And medicine wasn't the way it was today. So they didn't know a lot of the stuff that they know now about infertility. So these two knuckleheads tried for 16 years to have a child and kept failing. And I don't know about you, James, but I don't know if I would do anything for 16 years, continue to fail, get back up and try it again. Yeah. And so finally, medicine started to come around and my mom went in for a short surgery and nine months later, yours truly is here. But what happened was when I was around two years old, my mom was in the kitchen doing whether she was cooking or cleaning. I, I, I don't know exactly. She came in my room to check on me in the crib and I was blue and unresponsive. So they rushed me to the hospital and they found out that I had lost all the salt in my body and I damn near died. So they got me back to life. And that's where the story of, you know, Henry's my miracle baby came from. And when I started to get of age and start to really understand it, I was like, whoa, I'm here on borrowed time. I'm going to make the best of this life that I possibly can. And I'm going to impact as many people as I can. And I'm going to design a life that I'm proud of and that I want so when I'm 90, I can look back and say, man, I did it my way and I helped a lot of people do it their way too. I just happened to do this through brand design, brand strategy, brand development, and really helping people take their presence online to really help them create the impact that they want to create for their audience, their clients, mm. and so on. So Honest to God, I believe that the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And I know there's so many healthcare professionals out there 
that may be doing incredible work but aren't getting the recognition. They're not getting the, the respect. They're having a hard time articulating the value in what they do. And God gave me this gift of communication and I'm going to give that to my clients through my program that really will help them create a real solid, reputable online presence. Because we all know COVID hit and it, it left a lot of people standing there with their pants down because mm-hmm. they didn't know how to even respond. They had no online presence whatsoever. And pre-COVID, it was uh, being online and being on social media. That's a nice to have. I don't really need to worry about this. Now it's become a must have. And I've seen like this wave over the past six months come through our, our doors seeking help and asking, hey, how can you help us create a digital presence? And you know, I've been doing this for 14 years, so I think I'm doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think that you, you said it right. Like social media felt like, like we all know we should be on social media. We all know we should be putting out content and building a brand and things like that. But I feel like people aren't putting the value on it. And so when things happened and suddenly we didn't have control of, you know, the new client flow, where referrals came from. I had a really interesting case of a client who they wanted to join and then they didn't because they said, James, look, I can do this myself. And I went, well, you know, that's debatable, but okay, sure. Call us when, you know, when you're, I didn't say this, but I'm thinking in my head, call us when you're feeling enough pain that you're ready to actually do something different. And sure enough, COVID happened and all their referrals dried up because offices were closing down, doctors weren't working, they weren't sending clients to them anymore. And they reached out to me and they said, well, James, you know, I need help because I'm not getting any referrals anymore. And I said, I know, that's why I said to you at the start that you can't rely on referrals and that you have to have a presence and have to be out there and people need to know that you exist. And um, so now, you know, long story short, we're working with them and, and their business has doubled or I think it's tripled in the last six months. And it's because we're focused on actually getting them out there for people to connect with them, right? And we talked about this at the start of the, uh, before the show, that too many of us are not looking at our personal brands as being a valuable part of our business. And we're thinking that we need to stand out by, you know, offering different services and fancy machines and getting more niche and more specific. And it's like, no, we can do the exact same things you and I, but my personal brand is different to yours because there's a different flair and and feeling and energy. And people will choose you because they like how you look and how you talk and they don't like my accent. And they'll choose me because they like my accent. And it's like on a superficial level, people are picking us because of who we are. And that's really our point of difference. So can you speak to that a bit more about like what is the value loaded question, but what is the value of a personal brand? Why does it even matter? Why can't we just be a person behind, you know, a a company name? I have the perfect story for you that will resonate with your audience very well. Last year, I had a client, he was a dentist and he came to me and he said, Henry, I've built this practice up to the best of my ability, but I'm starting to feel the pain because I'm starting to see the business drop because my competition is getting out there on social media and they have this plan of attack. They're doing really, really well. And I think that's gravitating people to them because they're putting themselves out there more. He's like, I don't know where to start. Hmm. And that's, that's typically the question. Uh, that's typically the pain point that I get. And at first, and I say to them, okay, well, here's the deal. And I asked them, I said, what kind of social media presence do you have? 
And he was like, it, honest to God, I'm not even going to lie. It's, it's dismal to none. And I said, well, we need to work on that. And so before we got into his redesign of his website and created a marketing funnel that was going to generate leads on social media and online to his practice, I said, we need to build a solid foundation of your brand. So there's actually a presence online that's consistent, it's articulate, and it's really going to grab the attention of the patients that need you the most. And so what we did was I walked them through the step-by-step process of a brand strategy. So here's the one thing that I think a lot of people miss out. I just did a podcast about this, how a lot of the fancy websites or the pretty websites, very rarely do they deliver the goods. And and here's the reason. I've audited hundreds of websites in my career, if not thousands. And one of the things that I see when I see the flash or I see the that sort of presence is they're missing the personality. And I always use this example. Go back to your dating days, or if you're still in the dating market, I'm not, I'm married nine years, right? But think about that really attractive person you went on a date with, but they had that personality of like a rock because they were so consumed in themselves. I see this a lot. And I say, what's missing is the personality, the substance. Hmm. Like it's a win-win when you meet like a super hot girl or guy and they have substance and they have personality and they could carry a conversation and they're fun to be with and they, they're just so memorable and they, they're so oh, fun to be around. You can't wait to hang out with them again. That's your practice. Yeah. That's your business. So I, I tell my clients, look at your website, look at your online presence and ask yourself, would I be friends with it? Would I enjoy its presence? Do I believe in it? Do I trust it? Would I buy from it? Am I emotionally connected to it? Here's what I see. When I went to, uh, I'm not going to shout him out just in case he, he listens to your show. But when I went to my client's website before he came through my program, it was very sterile. It looked yeah. like every other dentist office. It had no personality. He was using a lot of stock imagery. He was barely on the website himself. And I said, how's anybody going to connect with this? And how is this site and this online presence different from the guy down the street? Yeah. Right? That's where personal brand comes in. That word is getting thrown out a lot, especially over the past like 24 months. Personal brand, personal brand. It's, people are becoming personal brand coaches and all this nonsense. Listen, I'm, I would never consider myself a personal brand coach or personal brand expert, but I know what people buy. People buy people first, then they buy your product or service. So why not lead with what separates you from everybody else, your personality, your backstory? why you're doing what you're doing, right? Yeah. That's what's really going to connect and resonate. And when you can tap into people's emotions and really get them connected to you emotionally, it's a game over. You're the obvious choice then. Yeah, definitely. 
I definitely agree. I think that when we're looking at trying to build some kind of profile or on social media, things like that, we often have this vision of what we think should be on there, what we think people want to see, and it builds this inauthentic experience. And then it's hard to maintain. It's like the, you know, the, the people sitting on Lamborghinis and things like that. Some of them are authentically who they are, and, and that's great. But the problem is it's now being diluted by everyone trying to be something that they think their audience needs to see. And then their audience as well then doesn't resonate with it because that's all they're exposed to. So that's what they think that it is, and they kind of detach. And that classically happens in healthcare where everyone thinks everyone is just the same chiropractic is chiropractic, nutrition is nutrition. And then they're looking at the websites and then it just becomes commoditized, looking for who's cheaper, who's more convenient and who does more stuff. And because it's feature orientated and they don't have the education or knowledge or experience to really make a decision effectively around the features of the product or service, they end up making decisions around price and convenience and what just sounds like it's more stuff. People get burned. And this is where we are right now, where we've got people who say things like, oh, I'm never going to go to a chiropractor. I'm never going to go to a physical therapist. I'm never going to do this because of an experience they had with one person that they then think is the same collectively because we have all participated in that conversation by not being authentic to the value that we're providing above just the services that we have. And I spend all day telling people, stop focusing on the services you have because that's just a part of the process. What makes you get results for your client is not the, the feature that you have or the fancy piece of technology you use or the letters after your name. I had one guy who, he got a copy of my book and he said, oh, it's too, too basic. I said, okay, well, you know, are you running a million dollar practice? And I said it you know, facetiously because I'm thinking, well, uh, there's a reason why it's basic. It's because the fundamentals work. And he wanted something more specific, more expert, more this, more that. When you look at his email subject line, he had the entire alphabet after his name because he was so focused on getting every qualification known to man to showcase why I'm the best. But there are a lot of broke experts because people aren't focusing on their establishing authority through who they are and the knowledge they have. Because people, like you said, they connect with the person. They're connecting with you. Just because you're a chiropractor, I'm a chiropractor, that person's a chiropractor or whatever other health profession you're in. Like we're all doing things slightly differently in how we do it and who we are, not, not the chiropractic. You know what I mean? The person, personality. And people, like you said, they're connecting with the, the personality of you and then to your products and services. Yeah, it's something I'm passionate about. Something super I'm passionate about. James, you can have all the credentials in the world. If you're still an asshole, you're still an asshole. And I'm sorry, but yeah. that's, that's it in plain yeah. English. And I would never do business with an asshole. All right, honestly, if I'm on my deathbed, right? I don't care what kind of doctor you are. Like, I'm going to go with somebody that has a bedside manner that I connect with and feel safe with. Yeah. And so if you're a, a professional in the healthcare industry, I worked at a hospital for eight years before I did this. So I've been exposed to hundreds of doctors. I've met and worked with hundreds of doctors in my previous life, you know, working in corporate. And I worked at one of the biggest hospitals in New Jersey. And that was one of the biggest complaints was some doctors just didn't have the bedside manner and walked into the room and made people completely uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, I always look at the glass half full. I always give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I don't think anyone becomes a doctor to be nasty and rude and to be shrewd with, with their patients. I honestly, God, don't think that. Yes, I know that I give doctors and I give healthcare professionals so much credit because I know how many hours that they work consecutively sometimes. And so I'm like, my heart goes out to them and I could tell there's times in, in their careers where they're so burnt out or they've, 
they just had the roughest day and sometimes they can't always walk in with a smile on their face, right? I get it, okay? I'm not a doctor by any means, but I get it. I know what that feels like. And it just comes down to keeping it real with your patients. I think that's what people want. They just want the truth, right? They're starving for the truth. So if you're a healthcare professional that will put their best foot forward, will get out there and share vulnerabilities and share stories and answer questions that are commonly asked and make people feel safe, you are so far ahead of the other folks that do what you do. Right. You kind of just, you just touched on it. What are some things then that, that health professionals can do to start building, you know, that personal brand? Where do they start when they've only ever looked at necessarily transactionally or social media has been this place of, you know, sharing cat pictures and memes and articles that you didn't write? You know what I mean? Like, how do you start to actually break through that barrier in front of you of I wanting to share authentic information and my personality, but I worry about judgment from other professionals. It's usually other professionals. Most of the people that I talk to, they're not concerned about clients. They're concerned about the judgment of other health professionals because it's such a, there's a lot of this old boys club. Like I talk about, like people are, it's the way to do it and it's how you do it. And you know what I mean? That sort of thing. There's a lot more of professionals pulling each other down. So how do you think people can kind of just start to dip their toes in the water, start to break that barrier down, realize that the impact they'll have is going to be vastly greater than any negativity that comes from other professionals and just really start building that personal brand. I'll share with you a really quick story because I don't want to jump down into a personal development hole and take this to a whole <laughs> whole nother thing. I'll, I'm going to share with you a quick story. So I'm at this conference that's in my niche. And there was somebody who met me there physically who said, oh my God, I've been digging into your content a little bit. And I got to tell you, I love it. It was awesome. But I'm going to be honest with you. When I first saw you online, I thought you were the biggest jerk ever. Like you're just this heavily tattooed ball guy from New Jersey with a big attitude. And like, I just thought you were like the biggest jerk. And then he goes, until I started to dig in a little deeper. And I realized that like, you're super approachable. You're super friendly. You really care about people and you have this soft side to you and like you're pretty sensitive and you, you share things that are extremely vulnerable that I know a lot of people wouldn't share. And that's what made me really like, like you. And so I'm, I'm responding to this saying, you know what? I get that a lot. My exterior doesn't necessarily match my interior. Right. And I was with a colleague and this colleague butts into the conversation and he says, Henry, enough. He said, don't you ever apologize for who you are. He said, Henry, that's this guy's problem. That's not your problem. And this was like, James, this was like six years ago. It's still like it happened yesterday. Yeah. And I said, wow. So when people come at me with that negative energy, I always say, listen, that's your problem. That's not mine. But I will tell you this, if I keep getting the same responses or I, I keep getting the same sort of trolling going on, I will question what I'm doing. I will. I'm not going to lie. Because if, it, if there's more than one person saying the same thing, well, then that will give me evidence to maybe check myself and maybe come with a different approach, honestly. But if I just get this one guy who has a, I'm trying to keep my, my language to a minimum here. But if I, if I have like, yeah, if I have one troll out there that just keeps coming at me and I know it's nonsense and they're just trying to get under my skin, then I'm just going to ignore them. You know what I mean? I'm not even going to worry about them because they're 
they're petty in my case, right? One, so I'll just jump in there. One, one thing I like to consider as well is sometimes who we think is our audience is not actually the ideal audience we want. And so often we have an audience because of the stuff we've been doing and then that reflects in the results we're getting. And so we start to think it's the system and it's like, no, it's not the system. It's the fact that you've been like, either you decide on who your audience is going to be or it just becomes. And so I definitely think you look for patterns and you say, okay, is there a consistent thing here? Or, and a lot of the cases for my audience, it's like those people are there because of you not being authentic and talking about the problems that matter to those people. It's like if you're attracting, my coach once said to me, if you're attracting broke people, it's because you're speaking to broke people problems. And often we speak to broke people problems in healthcare. We're attracting the dickheads and the assholes because that's who we're pandering to because of who we're speaking to. And if then we worry about that judgment, sometimes it's also good to look at it and say, maybe that's who I've been attracting with what I've been doing. And if I change the conversation with more authentic, it starts to shift. And I've noticed that myself. It's, it's, I've looked at the pattern, I've noticed it and I've gone, it's not me, even though it's consistent. It's, it's my audience because of who I've attracted because of what I've let in. You know, it's That's a great point. And I, I will say, I feel so much better now that you're cursing. So now I feel like I, I'm at home. <laughs> Don't worry about I, it. You're good. I grew up right outside New York City. If I can't curse, I can't talk. So, <laughs> but I think you're spot on. Let me get into some of the, I think the tactical things that I, that I think your audience will appreciate. And I, and I think it's very simple steps to get started if you're trying to build a personal brand online, okay? Step number one is really understand your patient, in this case, better than they understand themselves. Because if you can articulate their problem better than they can articulate it to you, they're gonna automatically feel that you can help them. That's number Mm -hmm. one. Number two, pick a platform that you're comfortable with. My, My client, who is a dentist, loves the podcast. He was a little uncomfortable in front of the video. I broke him out of his shell and he, he actually became a rock star on video. But when prior to me, he had a podcast and he was awesome on the podcast. You should, you should hear him. It was like a different person, right? So pick a platform that you're comfortable with, right? And then as far as content goes, what do you talk about? Yeah, that's one of the biggest things. Well, if you don't know who your audience is, it's really hard to talk to them, isn't it? So once you've established who your patient is and what their pains are and what the typical pains are and challenges are, what you want to do is you want to create content that answers common questions, period, end of story. Create a social platform, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, a podcast, LinkedIn, wherever, and that becomes literally a place of resource for people to learn more about whatever their illness is, or you as a person. So they can have something to grab onto because that's what has really took my business from six to seven figures was when I put myself out there on social media and I live stream and I'm on Instagram and all these different platforms. Now, keep in mind, I've been doing this for 14 years. I've created systems in my business that allows me to be on all these different platforms. But what I've found the most success in was focusing in on one platform that I love and going all in and almost mastering it to the best of my ability to the point where I'm proud of it. Then I move on to another platform. I think me trying to give you advice right now, like you gotta be on all these platforms, you gotta be everywhere. It's the worst advice ever because you're gonna get burnt out. It's almost nearly, it's nearly impossible to be on all the platforms at once and deliver the quality, right? So when you put out that content that answers questions, 
right? And, and you're telling stories and, and I know HIPAA and I know you have to be careful. Well, I don't, I don't know about New Zealand or other countries, but here in the United States, you know, there's HIPAA laws and you can't talk about patients and, you know, patient confidentiality is a huge thing, but you can certainly tell stories, right? Yeah. Without using names or without using, right? And keeping everybody anonymous and really helping people through that. So I think when people get a little nervous, about putting themselves out there on online and starting to build their personal brand. And I'm just going to say this, some may disagree, but I think your ego is getting in the way because this isn't about you. Okay. This is about helping the patient. So I'm looking down a barrel of a big old lens on my Sony camera right now, right? I don't see a camera lens. I see hundreds of healthcare professionals that want to create a presence online so that they can go and help their patients live healthier lives. And I have an obligation in the next 40 minutes to help you help them. Yeah. So this isn't about me. This is about you. So if you could put yourself in that zone, whatever that other doctor says about you or what you look like on camera and all of that, will mean zip to you because you're focused on helping your patient. I always suggest to people to think about, you know, who their ideal client is in their mind that, you know, a person that they've dealt with and they loved working with them. They got great results. They followed through, they referred their friends and family, that person that you, if I was to ask you, who was your ideal client, you, you kind of thought about this person and then you look at the camera and you see them and you talk to them because at the end of the day, most of us try and make videos and we're talking to the masses, like we're some kind of preacher. And it's like, that doesn't work because you're trying to connect with the individual who's listening. And if you talk to that one person and only they see it and it only changes their life, then you've had an impact. And so I kind of like to kind of reverse engineer it. And I think about how do I answer questions for people who are making the decision to come into my practice right now? They're looking at me and they're saying, can you help me? Are you a good fit? And I make content at that whether it's for my coaching business, whether it's for my practice, my other companies, whatever it is. It's like that one person, I'm talking to them, telling them the stuff that's going to help them make the decision. Because if I do that, guess what? 50 million other people slowly start to see it. And I think the age old, like no like trust is important. But I was just thinking about it when you're talking, it's kind of the opposite almost as well, especially in the healthcare space. It's build trust so that they like you so that then more people can know about you. Because what happens in healthcare is there's so much information out there from people who don't necessarily know what they're talking about. And it's like, what stretches should I do for my neck pain? You Google neck stretches on YouTube, there's millions of them. Half of the people are not qualified to really be telling you the answer. Half of it's bullshit. So how do you know? Well, you have to build trust and trust comes from giving value and answering questions that they care about and connecting with them so that as your personality comes out, because you're only speaking to them, like if you're talking to a client in your office, conversation's gonna be different. This right here, I'm visualizing, as you said, I'm visualizing you just being in front of me and we're just having a chat. I'm not caring about who else is listening to this because the moment I do, it changes how I talk. I worry about what I'm saying, if I'm mucking up. Whereas if it's just a conversation, ironically, people prefer that because we're all voyeurs. We want to watch and see how it's going. And they're looking for that dialogue, that conversation. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with our content. Just talk to that person, give value, build trust. They can like you because then they're going to tell people and you're going to grow. And if you're trying to do the Gary Vee thing of being everywhere. I think it's a good strategy, but when you're starting, it's going to be way too hard. You're going to focus, pick a platform, connect with some people. Yeah, I've done, that's great advice. I've done a lot of subtraction over the past eight months. COVID was a blessing for me. It really was. 
you know, it's tra- some people, you know, it's tragic. People lost their jobs and people lost loved ones and, and, and my heart goes out to them. But it was a true blessing for me because I realized that I was a bloated business that could trim a tremendous amount of fat. And when COVID hit the first week, we got my team together and we said, what are nice to haves? What are must haves? And we shed a lot of the nice to haves. And we said, we're putting all this on pause and we're focusing in on the must haves right now. And what I realized after three months of cutting all that out really wasn't that necessary. And it really wasn't moving the needle as much as I thought it was. And then when I really got focused on just my one program, the Brand Accelerator program, and we put all the effort into that, we had a record-breaking seven-figure June. Mm. And we were like, whoa, how do we re-engineer that? What did we do to manifest that? And what we realized was we focused and gave 100% at one thing at a time. And that was extremely helpful. So if you are interested in building your online presence, then like James said, you pick one platform and you get really comfortable with it. And when, like I said, you feel proud enough to say, all right, I actually got this systemized where I I can run this on its own. Let's try something else. Then that's when you make that move. But I wouldn't try to do multiple platforms, especially when you're first starting out, you're going to burn. People do this in every aspect of life. It's like, what's the first thing you do when you want to learn how to be successful? You look up 50 million videos, you buy all these courses, but they're all surface level courses, right? You buy the $97 one here, the 297 and people justify it because they say, well, I'm not investing too much money. It's just a little taste. And it's like, yeah, that's true in isolation because you bought fucking 10 of them. It's suddenly expensive. It's suddenly wasting a whole lot of money and you're not getting the value out of it. And I feel like we do that with everything and it's a, it's a fear and a scarcity thing. I think that the more I talk with people like yourself who are, who are massively successful, it consistently comes down to a couple things. It's being very self-aware of what you want to achieve, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. It becomes very focused on optimizing towards your goal and getting coached and supported, right? Having someone who's already done it and you're just focusing on, on that path and you're following the steps. It's like walking through a minefield. You know, you could buy up a whole lot of dogs and cats and have them run through and have a massacre and maybe figure out where some of the bombs are and all this kind of stuff, which is a horrible way of doing it. Or you just find out someone who's gone through that path a hundred times because they know the way and you just put your foot where their feet go and guess what? You get through and you do it once, you do it twice and suddenly now you're the Sherpa for the next lot. And people need to realize that there's a lot of stuff out there that is designed to draw you in. That's what social media and content marketing and everything is about. And we, we want to do that ourselves is to have stuff that draws people in. But once you're being drawn in, dive deep. Look at everything. You have to dive deep because that's the only way to actually get anything out of it. People do it with online marketing. They say to me, oh, James, I've tried Facebook ads, didn't work. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean it didn't work? Because it makes no sense. People make hundreds of millions of dollars. Facebook makes billions of dollars a month for people using ads. It wouldn't be happening like that if it wasn't working. And I can attest that it works, right? And people say, well, it didn't work. And I go, okay, what didn't work? And they go, the Facebook ads. The Facebook ads didn't work. I tried the Facebook ads. They didn't work. And I'm like, well, how much did you spend? I spent like, you know, 300 bucks. I'm like, come on. (laughs) You've tried it for five seconds. Didn't make a million dollars. And so you've given up and you've moved to the next thing. And personal branding is one of those things. We've all thought about it, but then we get scared. We worry. And then we try and do 50 million things. We get burned. So we stop. And then we say, it doesn't work. (laughs) My rant's over. Um, When you're looking at a personal brand, what do you think that actually is? Like 
personal brand sounds more like a trigger word these days, right? Is it just having a social media presence? Is it just having a website? Like I feel like a lot of people have a website. They try and do some social media. What, what does it take to be a personal brand uh, and to have it work for you in your business? This is what you have to do. Okay. Well, this is what personal branding is, right? Personal branding is the crossroad. It's, it's the intersection between how people perceive you and how you perceive yourself. That's personal branding at its core. Okay. So if that gap is wide, Houston, we have a problem, right? And that's where I see a lot of my clients struggling. They think they're the best thing since sliced bread. People are like, you're sketchy, (laughs) right? They don't, they, they don't see it. But when I see people crushing it, like my dentist client, he knows who he is and he's comfortable with it and his audience feels the same. Yeah. That's when things start to just take off. And so, and listen, I had to go through my own epiphany or, or you know, journey to find that because that happened to me. I thought I was putting out this amazing content and doing all this awesome stuff and people were like, dude, you're not that good, right? And I was like, okay, thank you for that. I'll give you a trolling story, right? So it was a few years ago, I had this Jet Smarter membership. If you don't know what that was, they're out of business now, but it was a private plane charter program. And you, you pay for the year and you could go, you book these semi-private planes and you, it was awesome at the time. My God, we used it like crazy. We, we, we flew all over the country, my wife and I. But I was using some of that, some of the videos of me on the plane and some of that, right? All that nonsense, materialistic stuff that I thought was creating buzz or, or getting, you know, yeah. making me look successful, right? I put it out on an ad once and I get this guy commenting on the ad saying, dude, you're coming up in my feed. I never heard of you in, your, in my whole life. Like there's a picture or video of you coming in out of private planes. Like, who are you? Right. And I was like, so I start playing with them in the comments to kind of drum up engagement one, but two, get to the core of like where the trolling was coming from. And he was like, so what have you accomplished? And I was like, bingo, Hmm. I'm not leading with social proof. I'm not leading with credibility. I'm not leading with authority. I fell into the same habit and mistake that most people do. They see what other people are doing and it seems like it's working and they do the same. And that is the worst way to operate. Yeah, James, I totally agree with you. If you want to model success, you want to get coached by somebody who is successful that is doing now what you aspire to do. I'm all for that. But you can't just hack your way to success. And that's what I was doing. I'll be honest with you. I was hacking my way to success. Oh, this guy's jumping out of a private plane? I could do that. No, it doesn't work that way. And that troll was like the best blessing that ever happened to me when it comes to Facebook ads. So now if you ever get targeted with my Facebook ads, it's me working with a client, helping them get an aha moment. It's a testimony of a client happy with the Brand Accelerator program and and sharing the results and success. Those are my ads now, right? So I went off on a little bit of a tangent, but like, I just wanted to share that story because that is just not the way to go about creating a personal brand online. 
It, it misses the authenticity. And then I've talked about this before. It's like what you think you should be versus what you are. And I'm not saying, you know, be who you are right now. Like you could be, you know, overweight and unhappy. Don't be that guy in your ads, but look at who you are under the surface and who you want to be, not uh, who you think you need to be. Right. So when you're putting content out there, when you're building yourself up, you're unearthing who you are as you go forward, you gain more confidence, more certainty, you get more results, you start to do things differently, but you're not going out and renting a Lamborghini and then sitting on it because you think your audience needs to see it. You know what I mean? It's like, if that's actually your Lamborghini, that's great. Like I have a Tesla. I never sit there in my model X with the wings up and pretending to, I just, I'm putting my baby into the car and the wings might be up, right? It's like a casual flex, but it's not, it's not on an on purpose flex. If I'm sitting, one of my ads that did really well, I was sitting in a, in a plane and we're sitting in business or first class or whatever you guys call it in the States. And um, we're flying to Europe and people are commenting. It's just me and my, my wife. I'm sitting there in casual clothes. My baby's there. I think he's got food all over him. And it's just us. But I knew that it was also a casual flex because it's like, what's he doing sitting in such a casual seat, lying back with his family on a plane? People ask, are you on a train? I said, no, I'm, I'm, flying, I'm flying to Europe. Because it's not inauthentic, it's the truth. It's fitting my personal brand. And I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. And so I can do it all day. Because where a lot of people lose it, I think, and, and you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts, is they try and be something and you can't maintain it. It just burns out. And people yeah. see through it. You know what I mean? But whereas yeah, when me, you are who you are, it's easy. Yeah, dude. I got a story for that too. You know, I come from humble beginnings. My parents, unfortunately, got divorced when I was young and my father raised me all by himself working four jobs. And it was, it was tough for him. I put that guy through hell. I, you know, I think back in my teenage years and I was, I was the biggest pain in the ass probably, you know, ever. And so my father's doing the best that he can to raise me by no means were we poor, but I always had the bear. I had the, the, the essentials. That's it. Like we went to Chinatown in New York city to get my school clothes. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't go to fancy restaurants or anything like that or anything, but I always had food on my table and, you know, clothes on my back, but it was nothing fancy. I have an uncle that lives about 40 minutes from me who owns and operates a $200 million construction company and has been doing it for the past, you know, 40, 50 years. Right. So, but back then he was like maybe 25 years in the game. Right. But I go to visit him and it's like lifestyles that are rich and famous. Hmm. So I'm like, Oh, I'm 16 years old. I'm like, I want that. How the hell do I get that? And you know, my father still has a 74 Chevy pickup truck, booger green. And like, he used to pick me up like from school. And I used to tell him like, pick me up down the street. Like, this is embarrassing, right? I would, he would pick me up from girls' houses. I'd say, go down the street. I'll meet you there, right? And I said, you know, when I get to a point in my life where I can make my own money, like I want that, right? And so what I did was once the, the, the career at the hospital sort of dissolved and I spread my wings and became an entrepreneur and started my own business, I started making a lot of money and I started making a lot of money fast and at a young age. And when the hospital job, my uncle actually helped me get that job at the hospital, right? And when I saw things in 2008 sort of shriveling up for me there and they were kind of slowly pushing me out, I went to him and I said, what do I do? Like, I got this little side hustle. I don't know if it's going to be sustaining or life 
uh, you know, I, uh, I don't know if I could raise a family on this. Like I'm designing brochures and printing brochures and menus and stuff. So I said, can I come work for the family? And he was like, Henry, you know, your cousins all went to school for this stuff. So like my whole family works for the business. Right. And he's like, they went to school for this stuff. Like, what would you do here? Like, you got a master's degree. You're a smart kid. Like, what would you do here? And I said, I don't know. Maybe like what, what your son does. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. He says, give me some time to think about it and I'll, I'll, I'll let you go and I'll get back to you. Right. And uh, week one goes by, week two goes by, week three goes by, never gets back to me. And I said, boom, that's my answer. And that's what gave me the, the push off the cliff. But when he did that, I sort of had a little chip on my shoulder. And I said, I'm going to show you and I'm going to show this whole family that I could do this shit without you. And I did a lot of stupid stuff. And like, it created a whole bunch of resentment. And I look back and I go, what are you doing that for? Because at the end of the day, they wound up resenting you. They're not proud of you. They all talked about you behind your back. I had <laughs> the uncle, I don't know if this is true or not. I heard it through the grapevine, but says, there's no way Henry could drive a Range Rover selling business cards. He must be selling drugs. And that I'll never forget. I don't know whether it's true or not. So I did all of this stuff thinking like, I'm making the family proud, another entrepreneur, another person that's doing his thing his way. And all it did was create so much resentment where none of them talked to me anymore. Mm. Yeah. So I regret it in one sense, but I don't because... I needed to learn that life lesson that way so that my three-year-old son, if he decides to start his business one day, I could share that story with him so that he doesn't make the same mistake I made. Mm. So I share that with you guys, you know, because shit's real. You know, you, you think you got life by the balls. You're 27 years old. You're making a quarter of a million, half a million dollars a year. Nobody could tell you nothing. And it all comes to a screeching halt, especially when, you know, the people that you love the most are talking behind your back like, like you're some stepchild. And so, you know, I learned my lesson and I said, you know what? I'm going to do things for me. I'm going to do things for my family. And I'm going to do it because... I truly enjoy it. And it's, and, and like my biggest competition is me. I don't need to prove myself. I turned 40 last, last week. I said, I have nothing to prove to anybody. I have nobody to, to impress. I will live the next 40 years, God willing, the way I want to live it with my family. Because there's going to come a day where my three-year-old, my little guy, is going to be Googling my name. He's going to be listening to things. He's going to be watching things with me in it. He's going to be reading things with me in it. And I just want to pave the path for him and make him proud. So when I'm long gone, he has the stepping stones and blocks to guide him to a successful life and help him design a life you know, that, that he's going to be proud of. And so that's why I do what I do. I love that. It's, it's all about authenticity. 
and personal brand, right? Leaving a legacy. One thing I want to comment on, and I love this, and I think I hope the listeners are, are hearing this, is you talk a lot in stories. And stories are the age-old way of transmitting information. I think that storing, storytelling is at the center of having a successful personal brand because people relate to the stories they relate to you. So whenever you're talking with a client, whenever you're expressing something, using stories is key. You can't just say, do this stretch because this is why. You have to tell stories as it relates to them personally because they connect with the story. They don't connect with the information. They could have Googled it themselves. What should I eat for dinner to be healthy? Just Google it, right? But they want to listen to you and your stories because that's what builds that, that like factor and that, that trust factor as well. Last question. You've got 60 seconds. What's one thing that you think house professionals should be doing uh, right now this week to grow their businesses? Get out there and do your first video and introduce yourself and tell them why you became the practitioner that you are and share with them that story, that origin story. They're going to connect with that before they pull out their credit card, before they come visit your practice. And that's going to pre-frame them into understanding that you are the obvious choice and not the next person. So don't be afraid to share that story. That's what people are going to connect with and treat your business, treat your practice as if it was a, a person, you know, humanize it because people buy from people first, then they'll buy your service or, or whatever it is that you sell. 100%. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Where can our audience connect with you online? Best place is iTunes. Go check out the Brand Doctor podcast. We're getting 90,000 downloads a month now and uh, got a huge audience over there. So if you just type in the Brand Doctor podcast uh, on iTunes or Spotify, I'll come right up and then that'll get you access to my YouTube and Instagram and all of that. Literally, if you Google the Brand Doctor, I'm sure you'll find me pretty quickly. Amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Today was an awesome episode. You take care. We'll speak soon. Thanks, James. Thank you for listening to the show. If you liked the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people, and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach, or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention, because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did, but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business 
and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.